podcast. I'm Stephen Perkins. This is my podcast. Thanks for tuning in right here on the Outset Podcast Network. I've now said podcasts many, too many times. So that's fun. Uh, this is uh, thank you for joining uh, us this week. This is the show where I where I talk about things and stuff and you listen. And uh, if you enjoy it, you rate and review it and subscribe on iTunes. And if you don't enjoy it, you send me hateful tweets. I enjoy reading them. I block no one. I do mute people. But and I will also put you on uh, a list called is a peasant, which means, of course, that you are uh, now a peasant. Uh, so there, there's a there's a lot of things that happen whether you like the show or not. There's there's activities afloat. So uh, really good stuff. I I, uh, I I am recovering. I'm in recovery mode because I I, I had a really traumatic near death experience over the weekend, and I want to share that with you because this is in part a venue for me uh, to talk about uh, the things that happen in my life in a way uh, in a way as if it doesn't happen in anyone else's life. You'll notice that when I tell these stories, I tell them as if they're unique to my universe, as if no one else has ever had any other type of struggles. Uh, and, and that's just kind of my, my method, if you will. Every actor has a method. Well, every podcaster, uh, I, I would like to think at least the decent ones with good hair, have a method of telling stories. And mine is just as if you've never heard anything like it. So I was, darndest thing happened. Thursday afternoon, last Thursday afternoon, I was just doing work as one does, being a productive little bee. By the way, bees are going extinct. That's not a good thing. But I was doing work, and um, I was in the middle of a call with with important people, and uh, and I just felt my body start to ache, and uh, and and I'm not one to be dramatic, which is why I took the very reasonable approach as any adult would of 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 the this may be my last couple of hours on earth. Uh, and so I went to the grocery store and I got vitamin C, um, which, by the way, I, I, vitamin C gummies are dangerous uh, because when you take vitamin C gummies, they taste I, I thought they were going to have some sort of, of, of off flavoring. Maybe they were going to be bitter. Maybe they were going to taste blatantly like medicine. They're actually pretty good. Uh, and they have like a sour coating on them. So it's kind of like eating a sour Skittle mixed with uh, a gummy treat. You know what I'm talking about. And, uh, but actually these taste very good. So it's the serving size is three. I, so I, I, but I had on Thursday night, approximately, I think like 3000, uh, uh, grams or whatever the, the standard measuring thing is for vitamin C Add a lot of vitamin C y'all. Uh, I don't know if there's like, I don't know if there's any side effect of too much vitamin C other than like a kick-ass immune system. Uh, but, uh, but that's, so I, I went and I took the vitamin C and, and it turns out, yes, I got sick this weekend. Um, and, and I don't know who gave me the virus, but I'm going to sue them. I'm going to hunt them down and make them pay because I don't like getting sick. Uh, especially I'm the type of person who I only buy groceries for that night, right? So I'll go to the store almost every night. And so if I'm sick and I can't go to the grocery store and Favor, which is a delivery app, somehow closes at 10 because, you know, I don't know, people need a life work balance. Uh, I have no food. So I was, I was just chilling with nothing but a, uh, 
Um, nothing but Cheerios, which I keep on stock. So it was a weird weekend. Uh, and I also learned that soup is terrible. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the hype about soup. I, I don't know. If anyone tells you, oh, I really enjoy soup. I think they're lying. Because the, the, there's no way. Soup is like, um, it's kind of like. Well, it's not like an accessory because I realize most people like they, they feel naked without an accessory. But soup is just the dumbest side dish ever. And the people who have soup as a meal, I don't quite understand what the thing is there because it's not filling to me. And it's certainly not. I feel like if I'm eating soup, uh, I feel like maybe I'm in prison for some reason. And if I go to prison, I don't know what I'm there for, but I'm certainly not going to survive for very long. Uh, but anyway, yeah, soup is, is not fun. And when you're sick, you know, as you may know, they tell you to eat a lot of soup. And I, I hate it. Not And also because another thing, Campbell's is an overrated soup brand. Uh, and even Progresso, which claims to be like your grandmother's recipe. Well, my grandmother never made soup, nor did my mother really have a recipe for soup. But I'd like to think that if they did make soup, it would not taste uh, as terrible as Campbell's or Progresso. Um, so this week's episode is brought to you by Campbell's Soup. Um, it's it's great. It's good stuff. You should get it. You should eat it. Keeps you healthy. So anyway, so I was sick this week and I didn't get to do um, everything that I was planning on doing. Woe is me. I know life is hard. My last week before going back to class, but it, I started my last semester um, uh, or my last full semester today. And I started off the day by actually very first class going into the wrong classroom. And I was excited because it's a classroom in one of our nicer buildings. It's the architecture building. And so it has like, I don't know, like exposed beams and exposed metalwork and sculptures and draw. It's, it's a very artsy building. It, it's, it's a nice surrounding to be in. And I go into the computer lab for this class because I legitimately had this room written down on my schedule as this is where the class was. And I sit down and, and she starts talking and and she goes, so we're all here for advanced journalism, correct? And I was the one person like, no. So I just had to get up and, and exit the class. It was, it was very awkward. Um, and, and again, no one has ever experienced that, I'm sure. Um, but that was my life today. So oh, start off the day going into the wrong class. That just screams, that, that is my brand, going into the wrong room um, and having to walk out and hearing snickers behind i want to turn around and be like it's not it's not actually that funny you know there, there's not really that much to laugh about speaking about a topic to laugh about though i do want to talk about barack obama today specifically you'll you'll be uh you'll be either happy or confused to learn i'm talking about the positives of president obama's legacy today um of which you know what my research uh, was was short at the beginning, but then I asked Twitter because when you're stumped on how to do things, you ask the Internet and they actually produce a lot of great results. So some of these are from people on Twitter, um, but uh, but they, they were really great jogging the memory. So the topic of today's podcast is essentially what are some things that President Obama done has done that conservatives or Republicans can generally agree with. And some of them on here, um, the general idea 
um, is, is things that conservatives agree with. Obviously, you can find specifics in everything to criticize. Um, so we're, we're not going to get too deep into these issues, but I want to I, I do want to go down this list because one of our things here uh, at the Outset Network is we give credit where credit is due. We criticize when criticism is, is necessary uh, and prudent. And so part of that means that as we have uh, the inauguration of President-elect Trump going on this Friday, it's going to be huge. While we have that going on, we do want to usher out President Obama on just just the softest of cushions. Uh, and and, and I, I think it's fair to recognize some of the good things about his legacy, some of the good things that have come out of his presidency. Um, and just him as a person and talk about him as a person, him as him as a president. Um, if, if you want to kind of get a, a, another take on this, uh, Maliberty with Caleb Franz, they're doing a panel show um, this Thursday. So you can listen to their take. Their, their take will be more from the libertarian side. What what does the Obama legacy look like uh, from from a liberty side? Um, Young Guns, which is Wednesday show, tomorrow's show, if you're listening here on Tuesday. Uh, Young Guns will explore or we are going to discuss um, some of President-elect Trump's cabinet picks. Uh, So we thought we shouldn't do like three shows about Obama's legacy. Uh, So we're doing two. Uh, And this is the one where we talk about the positives and Maliberty is going to be, I think, I'm pretty sure like a mixed bag, like positives and negatives and all that stuff. So but but today's all about the positivity because, you know, me, I'm just I'm the cheeriest. So. I want to start off, and I, I don't really know how to categorize these. I have this list here. I want to start off by the the first that I I, I think we have we have come to know most recently, and, and that is what I think the biggest takeaway from the Obama presidency is going to be. And it's it, what it is is that he made the Democratic Party. This is number one. He made the Democratic Party weaker than ever because he chose to organize things around his own organization rather than party building within the DNC. So this is the first really great positive about Obama or President Obama's legacy is that he really uh, he really hurt the Democratic Party from the inside out, uh, which is funny because for the longest time, even up until, you know, November with the election of Donald Trump, we thought that the Republican Party was going to be destroyed from the inside out. Now, it's actually the strongest party in the country. The Democrats, however, are now left in this situation where uh, they, they are not only a weak party in terms of numbers, but they're a weak party in terms of party structure and party infrastructure and party organization. Uh, because what President Obama did, what President Obama did was he created this organization, Organizing for Action. It was a grassroots organization, and of course, you'll remember in 2008, President Obama was uh, by far the underdog candidate, and so he had to have an organization that could go up against the establishment organization of the Democratic Party. So he created Organizing for Action, Obama for America. It's all within this this framework. He created this grassroots organization that acted as a supplement because since he wasn't getting that establishment support in the DNC, he had to supplement that with his own grassroots support. Now, while organizing for, I think organized for action, organizing for America, all the all those different, uh, um, all the different grassroots organization that that he spearheaded, while those delivered him victories in two thousand eight and two thousand twelve, 
unfortunately, they were his. They were never really institutionalized into the Democratic Party, which means that the Democratic Party did not benefit from. So, so you had Obama's almost these independent organizing grassroots organizing groups. You had them growing in influence over these years, but you had the DNC not uh, not receiving that same uh, that that same effect of that growth. And so what happens is that the DNC became smaller. Um, as we have seen from the election, as we saw play out, the DNC's ground game uh, was absolutely abysmal. And I think part of that was because um, they, they're just they're not the grassroots party like they once were. Uh, whereas many ways, you know, parallels can be made to the Republican Party is President elect Trump. Is, is he actually doing the necessary party building to make sure that the party will be prosperous once he's out of office? That has yet to be known. But the big takeaway for President Obama is that he was able to cripple the DNC like like Republicans thought that we were going to have to somehow, you know, hurt the foundation of the DNC. But it was actually President Obama who did it to his very own party. So hats off to you, sir. I, I, I would uh, I would I would pop champagne if I had any. So that's number one. He uh, he crippled the D, the 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 Democratic Party uh, because he organized around himself. He didn't do party building. So the second thing that I want to talk about uh, is let's see what's next on the list. Um, he did, by the way. Guys, we got to talk about this. He killed Osama bin Laden. Did you, did you know it? He killed Osama bin Laden and he did a really great job because he made it look like I, he got rid of the body, made a very, a very clean effort um, and uh, and and was was instrumental in killing the biggest terrorist name out there. And, and if you listen to him, it's very clear that he did it himself. Uh, but in, a, in all fairness, Osama bin Laden is now dead. So that is a positive from the Obama years, um, you know, we won't mention ISIS and, and, and the explosion of radicalism and also the domestic ISIS inspired terrorist attacks on the homeland. But, you know, for right now, let's focus on the positive. Uh, he killed Osama bin Laden with his bare hands. What a guy. He's just such a such a, you know, strong leader. Uh, he also, by the way, in case, in case you've seen recent social media from the White House, um, he also helped the Chicago Cubs win a World Series. So these, these are two things that would not have happened under any other president. We're very thankful that he killed Osama bin Laden and that he delivered a Chicago Cubs victory. Um, what a great thing that he did for his home city. I, I mean, just truly exceptional. What a guy. All right, so he killed Osama. He delivered a Cubs victory. Uh, let's see. So the the... the other thing that I would like to say about President Obama is, you know, we, we make fun of him. Uh, we attack him for, uh, hopefully not on a personal level, but we attack him for his policies and we disagree. I, I, I would just like to say that uh, that um, that I, I think he had some some great achievements in terms of foreign policy. The one that I, I chatted with Caleb Franz about recently and people on Twitter had seemed to agree is that uh, his relations with Cuba, uh, moreover, his opening up of d diplomatic relations with Cuba, I think was a really powerful thing. And, and, and it's something that I support wholeheartedly. Now, recently, he is uh, he's 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 kind of weakened uh, that accomplishment a bit. Um, I I don't think that it was that it 
that he went about it uh, the right way. But nonetheless, diplomatic relations are now open back up with Cuba. Um, I, I, I don't generally believe that you should block off relations with someone just because of a political ideology that their country has. Um, so I, I'm really excited that, that we are now um, opening those doors to Cuba. Uh, Cuban cigars, I'm sure, will we'll, we'll pour over the border soon. Rum will be plentiful and all of those good things. My hope, however, is that in these uh, next decades or so that the the capitalism uh, and and the the influence of capitalism from the United States makes its way to Cuba and really inspires those people uh, to take control of their own lives to take control of their destiny and to hold their government accountable for really the horrific things that they're doing and even though even though they may not be doing the same things that they maybe did in the in the 60s and 70s and whatnot um, just the fact that you have your people under a dictatorship uh, is is one of the biggest human rights violations it, in, in you know just in general and I wish President Obama would have spoken out more about that uh, also on the foreign policy side I'm a big fan of the pivot to Asia so President Obama is is credited for doing something um, vaguely similar to Richard Nixon in the sense that that President Nixon went to China and, and kind of opened up those diplomatic relations again and, and started those conversations again. I have been a fan of President Obama's um, pivot to China in terms of looking at it and realizing that that China and Asia uh, is, is, is really going to be a powerful player, it is already a powerful player, not only in the world economy, but in world politics and, ge and geopolitics. Um, and so fostering those relationships, there's, again, I, I don't necessarily agree with the specific methodology that has been done. But nonetheless, I think a pivot has been has been overdue for a long time, and I'm glad that President Obama has been the one to do that. I'm really excited to see, um, you know, probably through Twitter is how we'll find out how Trump will uh, will continue that legacy of President Obama's pivot to China. If you want to read a really great piece about this, Peter Chan at Outset Magazine wrote uh, about the future of Obama's pivot in China or, or just in Asia in general. Um, I recommend you check that out. It's a really good read. Um, and so foreign policy wise, you know, there's there's the the other great thing is that he hasn't closed Gitmo. He said he would, which this is a this is a flip flop that I'm OK with, is that he said he was going to close Gitmo. He hasn't closed Gitmo. So luckily, luckily, we still have a place where we can send people, um, you know, uh, like Lena Dunham. So that's great. We can send her to to Gitmo. I hear she's looking for a new home after Trump became president but no in, in all fairness Gitmo's a um not a great place like i i want it vacation there i'm more of a um, more of a mountains person myself uh but i am glad that that hasn't been closed it's 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 in my view um a vital part of of not only intelligence gathering but also keeping us safe and and, and keeping terrorists off the streets if you will Let's turn to some more domestic issues. So the first one, and, and this one's interesting, and, it, and it's it's a complicated history, and, it, and I'm going to highlight the positive, but with a clear understanding that that this is not the full picture. Uh, but it, it does have to be said that under President Obama, the deficit has been reduced uh, significantly. When he took office in 2009, uh, the deficit um, was uh, was at 
at, uh, at, at you know, just over um, a trillion. Uh, now it is um, just over just over 500 billion uh, as of 2014, uh, 506 billion um, in the share of the GDP in percentage. Uh, 2009, it was 9.8% of the GDP. Now it's down to 2.9. So I do also appreciate that. But understanding that the debt has gone up, um, the government has grown to extraordinate, um, extraordinate sizes. Um, and, and not to mention the postal service still sucks. So I'm not really sure what that increased in government spending is doing if I can't even get a package guaranteed in three days because it's only going to Oklahoma. I don't under... That's a rant for another episode. I'm just saying we need to reform it. And I hope President Trump um, uh, blows the whole thing up. Not literally, but... Well, maybe literally. I don't really care. The other thing on the domestic front that I that I really appreciate from President Obama, and he's been doing this a lot uh, lately because, I don't know, maybe he didn't uh, want to spend his political capital on this in the beginning of his term, but now he's a lame duck. So what else would he spend it on? He has been commuting the sentences for federal prisoners. Most of them are uh, were committed small drug crimes. Uh, if, if you've listened to this show or if, if you know me, you know that that I am a big fan of um, of descheduling most, if not all, drugs uh, and and making them making them legal. Um, I I also like how I, I guess we can throw in here how under President Obama the DEA uh, and and the Justice Department has not gone after states who have legalized marijuana uh, either for recreational or medical use, and so that's a great thing. I'm glad that they've let the states settle that one out, but I also think that people should not be in federal prison wasting their lives away when they could be productive members of society simply because they got caught with a little bit of drugs. And I'm not, I don't think drugs are good, but I think it's a decision that people should be able to make. And it's not a decision that should land someone in jail. Meanwhile, much more dangerous substances are not landing people in jail. And I think that that's unfortunate. So thank you, President Obama, for commuting the sentences of federal prisoners, most of them uh, for drug crimes. What a guy. Uh, let's see. Uh, on a personal front, same-sex marriage, while I don't agree that the court should have legalized it, that was disgusting. Uh, whoa, that's going to get taken out of context. The fact that the court was the one that had to grant a right, because I don't believe the government is in the business of granting rights. I simply believe that they protect rights. And this was not a case of protecting a right. It's a right that was up to the states, blah, blah, blah. All the typical disclaimers apply. I do want to applaud President Obama for being uh, the first president um, to, you know, really be open about about uh, LGBT issues outside of like the bathroom issue, because that's disgusting. Who who cares about what bathroom you go to? But I do want to thank him for uh, for 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 standing up for the rights there. Um, and, and also just just being more receptive to that than any other president in history. I mean, he's not President Clinton who signed DOMA, which many Democrats forget uh, conveniently enough. And he's not like President uh, or he's, he's whoa, almost President Clinton. He's not like Secretary Clinton um, who, you know, was against it before she was for it pol for political purposes. So that's that's really great, too. Um, let's see in terms of anything else domestically that I have on my list, 
we have clean energy and conservation. I think that President Obama has done a good job on that. I am perhaps a little more liberal um, than other conservatives in terms of clean energy um, and conservation and environmental reform. Uh, I, I do believe that um, that the government does not have a role in, in heavily regulating that, uh, but I do believe that the government should be um, should be setting the way and, and setting a vision for conservation and for clean energy. And President Obama has done that minus, you know, minus the investment in that solar com company. What can you do? You win some, you lose some. Uh, so clean energy. He also, and this is a great one that we talked about on this show as well as Young Guns. If you remember a couple of months back, there was uh, legislation that would have allowed victims of terrorism, namely like the families of victims of 9-11, to sue foreign governments. And, you know, if there's anything more th than I love than just suing foreign governments for things that can't really be proven their ties to, uh, I've, I don't know what it is. But I, I, I am thankful that President Obama vetoed that legislation because that was one of the most uh, ignorant pieces of legislation um, and, and, and the sad part is that that was actually a bipartisan piece of legislation. You had people like Chuck Schumer, which I understand he comes from New York. He has to be supportive of these faux patriotic bills like that. And, and it is a faux patriotic bill. But I'm glad that President Obama uh, vetoed that and, and, and took that down uh, because it's, it's a stupid idea. Like, it's just plain and simple. It's a stupid idea. And I know they came and they... And they they overdid it and they uh, or, or they they came back and, and voted on it again because, you know, if there's one thing that Congress can do, um, they can't pass a bill about anything substantive. But when it comes to like going home to their constituents saying, look, I'm a real patriot, they are able to get those bills passed. So look at them for doing that. I also think that President Obama had uh, this is kind of going back to foreign policy, but nonetheless, he had a good record on free trade. And again, it wasn't perfect. And I, I don't think any of these things that I've talked about today have been perfect. But I do think that he's had a pretty good record. And you certainly contrast this with Donald Trump. His view of globalization is a lot healthier than the incoming administration's view, because the incoming administration's view is one in which America should stay at our own bubble, produce things for people in our country, and uh, and, and companies cannot move to another country or, ex or, or else we're going to tax them. Uh, and, 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 and we have all these import taxes because that's a conservative idea, taxes, even though, well, we'll talk about that later. I do think President Obama um, understands um, the right role in globalization and the right role for America in uh, the future of globalization. Um, and so I, I also applaud him for 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 that there. Uh, well, that was a lot. And if you have any to include, I encourage you to tweet them at me because I I do think that uh, as as we near the end of this presidential administration, there's a lot to criticize, and certainly we have criticized over the past, um, we'll hear it outset over the past two years, but certainly over the past eight years, conservatives have been very, very critical of the, of the Obama administration. And I think a lot of that was warranted. I, I think some of it was, was perhaps misguided, and I think some of it was a bit more melodramatic than we care to admit. 
Um, and, and there were a lot of issues raised in these past eight years. But I do think that it's healthy just to debrief and, and give credit where credit is due, as I've been saying on this show for a while. And the things that I've talked about today, I, I truly uh, I truly do think are the highlights of President Obama's legacy. I'm not going to be one of those people um, who who thinks that um, who thinks that a list of bad things precludes us from also recognizing the list of good things that have happened under his watch. And on top of that, this was a popular one that came into Twitter and also a sentiment that I share. Um, And and I I share this both for President Obama and Joe Biden. Uh, I think think at the end of the day, um, they're good people. And I think at the end of the day, they have had a life of public service and they have ideas that I um, disagree with on a spiritual level. Um, but I respect them for for the fight that they've had for their ideas over the past eight years and over their entire careers. Uh, I, res- I respect them for uh, the service that they've given to the country. I think that being president and being the vice president is not a not an easy job, um, and it's certainly easy to sit here on the sidelines as we do, um, whether through podcasting or whether through social media, or whether through written form, or just in our conversations with friends and family. I think it's easy to criticize people in power uh, because we don't really understand. Um, we don't really understand what comes with that position of power and the daily challenges that these people go through. I think we also forget to realize that these people are humans. And President Obama um, has been, I think, a a good human, a flawed human, uh, a human with, in my opinion, bad ideas, but I think a good human, uh, someone who has been, from what I can tell, a great father, um, a great husband, um, someone who... I think embodies all the values of a family man, um, someone who's very smart. Uh, he's, again, you may not agree with with where he applies that intelligence, but he's a smart guy, um, and and I, I think he's been, um, in many ways, and and this may again be unpopular, but I, I think, you know, it's what I believe. I, I think in many ways he's been a good leader. Um, he's been a, a, a good leader on a personal level, and um, I, I've, I've been just inspired by him in some ways. And I know that that's odd to say as a conservative to say that you've been inspired by one of the most progressive presidents to ever hold the office, other than maybe Teddy Roosevelt or Franklin Delano Roosevelt, those damn Roosevelts. Uh, but I have been inspired by President Obama. Um, and I, I do just want to say that uh, that his tan suit, you know, I, I think after all this time, we can finally come and, and admit it. Um, it didn't look that bad. It was a little baggy, but it didn't look that bad. So I think you should wear it on Friday, to be quite honest with you. Maybe maybe a tan overcoat as well. So while I won't be adding his picture to the pictures that surround me 
here of uh, we have John F. Kennedy and Ronald Reagan and a bobblehead of Mitt Romney, as well as a, um, a head of soap in the shape of Mitt Romney's face. While I won't be getting an Obama Chia pet or, um, I don't know, an Obama bobblehead or I don't know, what, what, whatever they make into the shape of his head. I'm sure there's some very creepy options to choose from on Amazon. While I won't be getting that soon, I do just want to thank President Obama for his eight years of service. Thank you for the good things that you did in your presidency. Um, and thank you for being a role model for, uh, for, for I think, for children, for families, um, for fathers, um, and, and just in general for Americans. And thank you for destroying the Democratic Party from the inside out. If you enjoyed this episode, uh, I sure do hope that you will rate and review it on iTunes. Make sure to subscribe. You can also subscribe to all the other shows that we have here on the Outset Network on iTunes, uh, including Young Guns and Maliberty with Caleb Franz. Uh, just to let you know, Outset will be at CPAC 2017 this year. We'll be um, doing all three shows from there, both this show, Young Guns and Maliberty. We have exciting guests uh, their Maliberty will also be at the International Students for Liberty Conference in D.C. the week before. So make sure to check out uh, check out that episode as well. And until we, well, when we speak again next week, President Trump will be the president. A human Cheeto, the human version of Garfield the cat, will be president. So we're going to talk a little bit about what is to come in the next four years. And until then, take care. God bless and have a good one.